I was sure the Biden crime family could not get more corrupt. Turns out I was wrong. We discuss that and more today on The Grid. The Grid, a digital frontier of freedom. It's our platform where we talk about faith, politics, and commerce, where we analyze current events from biblical and common sense perspectives. I'm so glad you knocked. The door is open and we have answered. Come on in and welcome to The Grid. Welcome, believers, patriots alike. In fact, welcome to everyone. Welcome to The Grid. I'm Chris Coleman, your host, also the founder and CEO of the Kingdom Patriot Group. When I think of faith, politics, and commerce for today, I think of Biden, Biden, Biden. We cover that today on The Grid. But first, let's do a quick recap of our news and review. So some of this won't be surprising. Some of it might actually be a little bit shocking. There's a new poll that shows that 61% of Americans think that Biden has less mental acuity than Trump. There's a shocker. In fact, that negativity towards Biden's acuity, mental acuity, has just continued to grow over the recent months. But that's not the wow factor. The wow factor to me is that still, after all of that, almost 40% of Americans think that he has more widgets in that brain, that he has more acuity to run this country than Trump. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, Trump may be dishonest. At least that's everyone's opinion in the mainstream media, but at least he can tie his shoes. Folks, Biden is not with us. I mean, I think that is very clear. And these polls show that people are starting to catch up, just not to the degree that I would have thought. Um, also, so you know Trump has got all these indictments that have come against him. The latest one that's being talked about is the one in Georgia, which is really the election case trial where the RICO Act is being used to prosecute Trump. There was a push to get that started in October, and that clearly is not going to be the case. It's being pushed back. Here's my thoughts. I'm sure all of these trials will take time and likely will only begin to hit their stride, let's say, sometime next year during election season. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm thinking. And nope, nothing suspicious about that. Speaking of Biden and just nefarious activity, some Republicans in the GP are actually calling for President Biden to take a polygraph test. So, you know, this really got me thinking. If lying is your native language, does that even show up on a polygraph test? Is there even a baseline to compare against? Just saying. Okay, now some news out of California. I can't believe I'm reading this, but I'm going to. Sit down for this one, folks. A California federal court issued a preliminary injunction against a school district's policy that prevents teachers from discussing a student's gender identity with their parents. Now, it's not surprising that a school district has taken this approach. That is starting to become commonplace. But in California, a judge saying, no, you can't do this, that's what's shocking. Now, I'm all for protecting a student who fears real physical harm for their parents. But let's be clear, mommy and daddy being upset with me because I'm a girl and I want to become a boy, that that's not real physical harm. That's the left's wedge to open up this door to push their entire agenda is saying that everything is potential harm. And so we've got to make a We've got to make a place where that kid can not only do it safely, make a transition safely, but they can do it completely unbeknownst to the parents. What I call is that rare circumstance. The the left tries to make that the norm. They try to make instead of they try to make the exception 
the norm, and then they use that to advance their agenda. Well, that's no different here. And thank goodness this judge steps in and says, wait a minute, that's not going to fly. Okay, I was also reading in AI news, um, and I just continue to read more and more about how this woke leftist ideology is influencing artificial intelligence. So keeping in mind, we call it artificial intelligence, but at the end of the day, artificial intelligence still is a learning system. And a learning system has to get that knowledge from somewhere, so keep that in mind. I learned this week exactly how ChatGPT, for example, learns. So if you ask a question to chat GPT and it produces a poor response and then you have to rewrite it, then it can get a rating from a feedback rater. I don't know how you become a feedback rater, but you can. That feedback is called a reward function. It helps chat GPT for the next time somebody asks the same question to produce an answer. What is already happening is that many of these feedback raters are leftists. And so they are literally schooling and educating AI to learn the woke ideology. That actually sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? The same way that this group and this agenda has made its way into the classroom, into kindergartners, they're doing with AI. Same process, same ideology, same agenda, same plan, just a different platform. So what's our source of truth? We, can, we I'm telling you this because... Everything you read on the internet is not true. I know that's a shock to many of you, but that's even more so going to be true. It's going to have an unbelievable slant. In fact, some people who talk about ChatGBT say there is no place in the future. There is no possibility based on how it learns that ChatGPT can ever be unbiased. So you're not going to be able to trust what you see. So what is your source of truth? It's scripture. We have to go back to scripture for everything. Last week, really a few days ago, we... Celebrate is absolutely the wrong word. Honored the victims of 9-11. We remembered them for the folks in the Twin Towers as well as the first responders who lost their lives as a result of the terrorist attack. Everyone except for Biden. Biden stopped in Alaska on his way back from a trip to give a 9-11 speech. Now, I know you're asking, what does Alaska have to do with 9-11? Well, I think a lot of people have asked that. We're not really sure. What we do know is that Biden is now the first sitting U.S. president. And over 22 years, that when it came to 9-11, was not either at the White House or at one of the attack sites, Pennsylvania, Pentagon, or so forth, to give a speech and to honor those victims. No, he was in Hawaii. I mean, excuse me, not Hawaii. I guess I say that because he's been absent in Hawaii. Um, I say that because he continues to not see what's important to Americans. And worse, when he gave the speech... He talked about how he was at ground zero on the second day, which even President Bush at the time was not. Remember what I said about his native language? It comes out all the time. For this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. Today, when we talk about the intersection of faith, politics, and commerce, we're going to center on the Biden family. I know that's a huge surprise, but we'll do that when we return, because first we have a message from our sponsor. If you're a business owner, then you know hiring quality team members is a real challenge. And a bad hire can destroy workplace culture and cost you tens of thousands of dollars to unwind. That's why we use Red Balloon. They specialize in connecting job seekers and employers with aligned values without all the woke nonsense. Over 15,000 job seekers visit redballoon.work every week, looking for businesses that won't force them to pledge allegiance to a bunch of liberal policies. 
Every job seeker on Red Balloon pledges to pursue excellence in their work, create success for themselves and their employer, and avoid bringing personal political agendas into the workplace. At redballoon.work, learn about the packages for entrepreneurs, small businesses, larger enterprise businesses, and even a recruiter service to help you find your people. Finding the right people can make or break your company's future. Check out redballoon.work today. All right, as we step into our topics today, let's start with our political topic first. And this has to do, I already told you, with the Biden family, but we're going to center on Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, because he opened up a Biden impeachment probe. I think some people call it an inquiry. Now, what's interesting about this is that it's usually the House Judiciary Committee that starts these kinds of probes and leads to, to votes to do this. But McCarthy did not do that. He unilaterally started this inquiry and announced it. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, it's exactly what Nancy Pelosi did. She did not use the vote of the House because she likely didn't have the votes. And quite frankly, Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes either. Right or wrong, he doesn't. But why did he go ahead and, and push this forward knowing that he didn't have the votes? Well, for one, I think he's getting tremendous amount of pressure from folks like Matt Getz. Now, this brings up a whole nother issue politically, but Getz is calling for McCarthy's head. Now, I have not been a McCarthy fan. But I will tell you, I think he's done some things right. The challenge for me that I see with Matt Getz and some of these different factions within the conservative movement, within the conservative side, is that they're so beholden to their view of conservatism that it almost creates the inability to unite when it comes to a common cause. This is what the left does great. This is what Democrats do great. They can't agree on a lot of things, but one thing they do agree on is they unite to fight the same enemy, and that enemy is you and me. It's conservatives. It's traditionally held Judeo-Christian biblical principles. The left will unite across a tremendous broad scope of factions to fight that. We don't do that very well on the conservative side. We infight, and I believe it inhibits our ability to get things accomplished. But nonetheless, I digress. McCarthy opened up this probe. The other reason I think he likely did it, not just because he was facing this internal pressure, because it's what we see in the DOJ. Clearly, the DOJ has really become just another administrative arm of the executive branch. And I'm not talking about just Biden. I'm talking about you can go back 20, 30, 40 years, and what you end up seeing is you really see the attorney general acting at the behest of the president rather than an independent functioning agency. The problem is, is that Merrick Garland seems to be taking that to a whole new level. And he's not going to prosecute Hunter Biden, not to the degree he's not going to investigate that the to the degree the American people want. So I say all of that. McCarthy, I think, feels like he had no choice. So he pushed this forward also due to uh, internal pressure. And he's going to do investigation and try to find out what the heck is going on with all of this foreign cash and influence that may impacted the White House. So again, I think from a political perspective, the thing I have to encourage the Republicans and the conservatives to do is, is unite. Find a way to unite. You're not going to get anything done if you don't. You're going to be ineffective. Just because I often think of it in, in terms of like abortion. If somebody said that we could get the, um, the federal government, if we could get Congress to pass a law that said that abortion would not be performed after 10 weeks of pregnancy and make that national law, would I sign that if I was president? Absolutely in a New York minute. Is that what I think is the right thing? No, I think abortion is wrong from the very get-go. 
But because that would protect life to a greater degree than it does today, I'd be willing to take those baby steps. Matt Gates, you're, all you other folks in Congress, unite and do the same thing. Think about incremental steps. Okay, so then we come to our commerce segment. Again, faith, politics, and commerce. We start the commerce segment, segment talking about $6 billion. That's billion with a capital B. And why am I bringing that up? Because the administration just did a deal for a negotiation with the Iranians. Did you hear about this? And when I say that, I often think, at least I thought, that the United States is the most powerful nation on the, on the planet. So how do we leverage that strength? Well, let's see. We did this deal with Iran in which we actually got five U.S. citizens who are legally detained in Iran. We got them back, and this turned out to be a swap. So we also sent five detainees from Iran back to Iran. So, okay, a swap, five for five. I can kind of see that. However, the difference is, is that Iran also gets $6 billion of their money back that we had frozen. And I don't know, from my opinion, there's probably only five people in the United States who actually think this was a good deal. And it would be those five U.S. citizens that were detained in Iran. No one else. $6 billion? Are you kidding me? So. Iran gets this. It's no joke, but you can't really get the administration to talk about it too much because, quote unquote, we're still having negotiations. Negotiations are ongoing. But here's a couple of problems that I have with this that I think is a, a serious problem and why when we're, we're going to relate this really to commerce. Number one, it sends a message, not just Iran, but pretty much every, let's say, every terrorist organization around the world that American hostages for money is open season. So go for it. Go for it. Grab yourself some U.S. citizens, detain them, and start negotiating with the U.S. federal government for money. I think it sends a horrible message. Second, it also means that Tehran has got $6 billion now that can funnel right back into its nuclear weapons program. I know, I know, I know. They're using it for nuclear energy, not nuclear weapons. Yeah, we know that's not true. In fact, uh, some Iranian officials were were seen on camera basically responding to some pressure about how they should use the money. And they're like, this is our money. This is our money that our government will determine what we do with this. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Um, that's really flipping the virtual middle finger, I think, to the rest of the world. But what do you expect? We did not display strength in this, folks, at all. So again, why this is really a commerce issue is because this actually will create commerce but it creates the wrong kind of commerce for all the wrong reasons. It's going to create commerce related to building nuclear weapons, particularly nuclear weapons, as Iran is fast-forwarding towards making nuclear-grade weapons uranium. I, th I think is how you say that. Not only that, it's also going to allow them to do more money laundering. Apparently, that kind of business is now back on the table. It literally puts the entire world at risk, and it really dovetails with what we talked about last week where Biden was canceling the, um, the oil leases in Anwar in Alaska. So we're reducing our ability to get energy supply domestically at the same time that OPEC is decreasing the energy supply on a foreign basis. So all this is going to do is raise prices for energy. So when you kind of put all this together, what you see is decreased supply, increased, surprise, uh, increased prices and greater security risk to not only us, but the world. That, that's a horrible economic plan. Who thinks that that's okay? 
But then again, has Biden even ever balanced a checkbook? I doubt it. In fact, in the Biden family, anytime there's a shortfall, Hunter just sends over a Chinese wire transfer, and then it's all good. But the reason also that I think this is a real big issue from a commerce perspective is that all this is being done with the money that comes out of your paycheck, U.S. tax dollars. And so that's a real problem to me. That's a real problem because this is mismanaged, misused funds uh, that really come from the American people. And if you don't think hard times are coming based on all of this and the price is going up in impact, here's just one area that I saw. I saw this morning that for the first time in six years, there actually was a drop in the median home price for homes that are sell on realtor.com. And as much as we've talked about, the housing market has been inflated, but somehow it's been pretty resilient. That should be an eye opener. What is coming is real and it is also going to be painful. I don't think there's any way to overstate that. I'm so glad you asked how you can help for free. Subscribe or follow The Grid and set your phone out for automatic downloads. You'll have immediate access to each new episode, and you'll help us appear at the top of your podcast platform search list. This makes The Grid easier for everyone to find. From all of us at the Kingdom Patriot Group, thank you for joining us in the fight for faith and freedom by subscribing to The Grid. Okay, topic number three in our faith segment, Hunter Biden is finally indicted. And you're going to be going, what? How in the world is that tied to faith? We'll get to that. So he's been indicted on three federal firearm charges. Should we celebrate? I think not, not so fast. It doesn't appear, I shouldn't say that. It doesn't seem at this point there's going to be charges for the more serious offenses, which to me relates to the corruption at the highest levels in our government in exchange for foreign cash. Now, I'm not saying that federal gun charges aren't important. I, I'm not saying that, but come on. At a national level or federal level, who, who cares? How many people in our country commit federal crimes with ownership or falsifying information and applications or even commit crimes with guns? Unless it's an AR-15 involved, it doesn't make the news and, and no one cares. But how many garbage human beings are able to run around the world on Air Force One and pick up bags of cash for then Daddy VP and now Daddy President? That's something else entirely. And that is a corruption at a level that even Hillary and Bill Clinton likely are jealous about. So this brings me to how does this tie into faith? If you put your faith in the U.S. justice system, you are going to be sorely disappointed. If you put your hope in justice, that it'll be served to this entire Biden family, your hope is misplaced. All you're going to do is end up being angry and bitter. And as much in the past as I used to like Fox News, there was a time where I would spend a couple hours at night watching Hannity and Combs and Bill O'Reilly. And all I did find, all I found out is I was going to bed angry. And why? Because I was putting my hope. When I would see all this nefarious activity, I was putting my hope that justice will be done. Remember we talked about justice last week? I put my hope that folks who, who really were doing wrong and doing it intentionally and were getting away with it, because they weren't being held accountable, I was so angry and so upset. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The corruption, the deep state in our country is likely beyond repair. In fact, I liken it to a slow-growing but inoperable cancer. That's all we can really hope to do at this point, I think, is to slow the growth. Now, when we rely on man. But what I want to do is I wanted to pull this in and say, okay, well, according to man's ability to impact change, 
we really don't have any hope. But let's let's go to scripture for encouragement. Let's put our hope in something else. So let's read Isaiah 40, chapter 40 together, part, part of the chapter. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Folks, if our hope is in man, we will get man-sized results. If our hope is in the Lord, we now tap into God-sized outcomes. Again, I personally find this very challenging as a Christian because I love God. I love Jesus. I also love our country. And I find myself having to battle back and forth this frustration of what I see because our government, our society, our country, people were following the same path as ancient Israel. And that is we're placing our hope in idols. We are abandoning God at every turn and we are embracing lawlessness. We literally are what Isaiah said, calling what is evil good and what is good evil. And as such, the Lord will allow us to face the consequences of our sin and our nation likely will face discipline and punishment as a result. So no, my friends, our only true hope can be found in Jesus Christ. And why? Because as we recently discussed, Christ gives us peace that transcends those circumstances. He guards our hearts and minds in that peace. When we're focused on man, then the peace that we walk in will ebb and flow when things are going well, when things are not going so well. And we will be like the waves tossed to and fro, never in control of our emotions, always frustrated, frustrated, bitter, and angry. But with Christ, he offers us peace. Remember, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. The peace that he gives us is not tied to circumstances. So if there is true peace with Christ, it becomes independent of our circumstances. Man, that is a great place to be. And that's where we want to walk together. So folks, join me. Join me today in putting our hope in Christ and not man. And if you haven't given your heart to Christ, I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to repent, to place your faith in Christ and start walking with him today. So as we walk through this and wrap this up, should we hold wrongdoers accountable? Absolutely, we should do that. But our hope, our true hope, is not in man's justice. It's in Jesus Christ. Folks, thanks for joining today's edition of The Grid. And special thanks to our sponsor, Red Balloon. Andrew, we absolutely love the work you're doing. Keep it up, my friend. Be sure to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement for faith and freedom. Also, please tell your friends, your family, your neighbors about The Grid. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcast platform or player that's out there, you can find The Grid. Give us a five-star rating so that we can spread the word. Your membership is appreciated, your input is valued, and your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am the Kingdom Patriot. Yeah.